Uh, see you in prayer, in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. My Father, we thank you again so much for uh, being the truth, uh, for giving us the truth, for loving us enough uh, to desire our good, that we uh, follow uh, your will, um, that we can better understand what that will is, um, especially uh, in times of when we're making a decision um, whether to do this thing or that thing, and to be able to judge uh, what is uh, not just maybe even good, but the best. Um, Lord, we just ask that uh, you bless our time together. May we learn um, from the truth. We ask this in your name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, so, uh, this session is on approved moral principles. But just uh, I want to um, add one more thing to the anthropology that we talked about um, last week. And that's that we're essentially good. Um, that we are made in the image and likeness of God, at least originally. And we may have lost some of that likeness, but we still have the image of God. Um, and so as Catholics, we believe we're essentially good. Like if you had asked, uh, I think it was Luther, uh, who um, described his soul as a dung heap covered in snow, meaning that like the grace of Jesus on the cross um, it's like the snow that covers uh, his soul, and so um, his soul was corrupt. Like he was like in some ways essentially bad because of the fall. Um, but that Jesus, the grace of Jesus, one on the cross, makes his soul appear to be good to God the Father. Whereas Catholics believe that our soul is essentially good, that we're essentially good even after the fall, but our um, but we do sinful things. Um, but we're still essentially good. Um, you know, um, who was it? JP2 said, you know, we're not the sum of our failures, but of God's love for us, right? Um, so, um, I, I think that's important to, to realize, too, is that we're essentially good, um, but our ability to reason is sometimes clouded, and therefore we do sinful things. Uh, but that we're essentially good. Um, and so, yeah, God desires us to actually be good, not just to appear good, but to actually be good. And so he gives us the holiness, the graces to actually grow in the holiness um, that Jesus won on the cross. So, um, so approved moral principles. Principle number one, uh, do good, avoid evil. That's pretty simple. Um, you know, um, basic precept of natural law. Uh, kind of foundation of all of uh, moral principles. And like, this really isn't that controversial. I mean, if you asked anyone, they would say, yeah, like, you know, um, don't do evil, right? Um, so, um, so, yeah, it, you know, um, uh, yeah, the Bible talks about the... Um, the law being written on our hearts, right? And so uh, there's a sense that it, it is within us. So Psalm uh, 37, 27 says, Depart from evil and do good, so shall you abide forever. So depart from evil and do what is good. Um, so pretty, pretty basic. Um, but it's the foundation of all. Um, so principle number two, we can never do evil to bring about good. Um, this is the old, like, the ends justify the means. Um, and no matter how great the potential good is, we simply cannot, uh, we're not permitted to do evil to attain it. Um, uh, let's see, um, Romans 3, 8... Um, uh, and why not do evil that good may come? As some people slanderously charge us with saying, their condemnation is just. Um, and so, 
St. Paul is saying that uh, the ends does not justify the means. Um, and I think, uh, so the classic example is like if, um, if someone is like holds a gun to your head and says like unless you, um, or gives you a gun and says like kill this person. If you don't kill this person, I'm going to set off a bomb and like kill the rest of the city. Um, and uh, utilitarianism would say uh, do the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. Um, and so it would make sense in modern philosophy to go ahead and kill the person, right? Like you're just killing one person, there, um, you know, there's a potential of, you know, millions of people to die. Um, but uh, obviously this wouldn't fl fly in a, an atheistic class, but there's something worse than death and that is going to hell. And so like if the person set, they're not, those two events are not directly connected, meaning that the guy who's threatening you, like he still has his own free will. Like he doesn't have to set off the bomb if you don't kill the person. Like he has his own free will in that event. Um, and so your job is to get to heaven. And so your job is not to do evil. And so your job is not to kill the one person, right? So there's something worse than death and that's going to hell. And so for the salvation of your own soul, it's good not to kill the one person, even to save, you know, millions in a city. Because that's in some ways still up to him, still up to the bomber. Like he can still, he still has his own free will. Um, and so, uh, if you take utilitarianism to the extreme, you actually end up with like Nazi uh, style experiments, meaning that like that's how the Nazis justified uh, doing medical experiments on people. So like, okay, like um, we don't believe that Jews are really you know fully you know, human or have as much dignity as the Aryan people. And so we can experiment on them. And, um, but it'll do a lot of good. Like what we learn from like doing these experiences on them, like will help us, you know, do better medicine and help save Aryan lives, right? And so like if we injure, you know, these couple, you know, hundreds of people in this experiment, we could post potentially come up with medicine and procedures that could save millions of lives, right? And so, um, and so if you take it to the extreme, and that's why, I mean, you can argue either way, but for better or for worse, that's why in medicine, at least now, we have um, long testing periods. And I mean, you can talk about, you know, politics and other things and why it takes so long, but the the original purpose behind the kind of the long testing period is to make sure that you know we do test you know new drugs and stuff in an ethical manner. Yes. So what's like the moral principle behind like maybe like receiving a vaccine that has like its roots in like aborted fetal cells or something? Um, that is, I think, principle four. <laughs> Okay, so we'll get there. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, also, um, uh, the uh, the idea that the um, you know we can never do evil to bring about good. Um, also, you can talk about euthanasia. We'll talk more about that hopefully the last class. But you know, terminal patients are killed, which is an evil, obviously in order to relieve a suffering, which is a good, like, you know, um, and, you know, we are allowed to give um, terminal patients painkillers to ease their suffering, uh, but we cannot morally kill them. And I know that sometimes um, some of the painkillers or whatever can hasten death, um, but uh, and we'll talk more about it in one of the other principles, but your primary goal is to relieve the suffering. Your primary goal is not to kill them. And you're not necessarily killing them, but maybe because of the drug, death comes sooner. But that's not your main purpose. Your main purpose is to ease the suffering. Um, whereas in euthanasia, like your direct purpose is to kill the patient, 
of I mean, for the good of easing their suffering, which is a good, but you're doing an evil to achieve it. Um, um, principle number three, we, can, we must follow our conscience. Um, this is extremely important to understand clearly. Um, this principle has been abused in the past. Um, Catholic and the Catholic Church, uh, those are, so we won't, I think we have enough to talk about tonight as it is, but this is Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, so kind of a summary of what we believe as Catholics. Uh, just for fun, this is called the Code of Canon Law, uh, which is another book of the Church. Uh, this says things like, um, priests can only say so many Masses a day, um, you know, um, <clears throat> Even things like uh, a priest who has been laicized uh, can hear confessions um, if he's on a plane that's about to crash um, in, a, in an emergency. So uh, just like <coughs> law type things. Um, so, uh, but we must follow our conscience. However, and so like people said like, They've justified that for anything. Like, oh, I'm just following my conscience. Like, I have to follow my conscience, so I have to, you know, I'm following my conscience. Like, you know, um, I should be allowed to become a priest because I'm following my conscience. Or, you know, um, yeah, people have used it to justify lots of things. However, um, we have an obligation to, um, Yes, we have an obligation to follow our conscience, but we have a prior obligation to co uh, correctly form our conscience. Um, conscience is the judgment of our reason um, about the good and evil of a particular act. Our conscience can be the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, you know, based on what we've learned from our parents, from you know, religion class or whatever, like that forms our conscience. And so our conscience can, you know, uh, try and judge whether we should do an action, whether an action is good or bad. You know, and so, yeah, we should follow our conscience, but we have a prior obligation to form our conscience. Um, in forming our conscience, uh, we must follow the magisterium of the Catholic Church. And I think we thought a magisterium is just like the Pope in union with all the bishops, like what they teach as a teaching body. And so, um, you know, I, again, I think, uh, yeah, we mentioned it last time, like if you um, disagree with the church on a particular teaching, like make sure that we spend the time to learn why the church teaches that, because there's probably a good reason that the church has been studying the human condition for 2,000 years. Um, and, you know, also with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so, if we disagree with the church, we have an obligation to follow the church's teaching and then learn more why the church teaches what it teaches. Um, and so, yeah, we should follow our conscience, but only insofar as our conscience is um, in line with what the church teaches. And so, if we're not sure about something, to default to what the church teaches. Um, So, yeah, best summarized as our conscience must never be in opposition to the moral law or the magisterium of the Catholic Church. So, um, this is probably more one of the, the more fun ones. Um, principle four, the principle of double effect. Um, this principle states that an act that is good, or at least not evil, but that has an evil side effect, may be done only under the following conditions. One, the act itself must be good, or at least morally neutral. Two, the evil act must not be directly willed, but only foreseen and tolerated. Uh, the good effect must be the result of the evil effect. The good uh, must not be the result of the evil effect. The good is the direct result, the evil is the indirect result. Uh, and four, the good, des good desire must equal or outweigh the evil effect. Um, this is widely uh, applied in difficult medical cases. Uh, one of the examples in the book that I was, I've been using, so this is actually the book I've been using, it's fairly easy. Um, 
Uh, it's got a whole series. It's like How to Answer um, Mormons is another one. Um, uh, how to Talk to Atheists. Um, but uh, it says, one of the examples they give is like, if a pregnant woman um, has cancer uh, of the uterus, um, like, can we, can we do anything? And um, the principle of double effect says that we can. Uh, that um, that the question to ask is what would we do if the baby were not there? And so, if you remove the cancerous uterus, like your direct desire is to remove the cancer, not to kill the baby. Um, the undesired side effect is that the baby dies, but you're not killing the baby directly. What you're doing directly is removing the cancer cancerous uterus. And so the principle of double effect says you can do a good even if there's an evil side effect. Does that kind of make sense? Um, can you elaborate on C, like how would, like, the good must not be the result of evil effect? Uh, the good, which one that like C, the good effect? Yeah. So in, in this example, like I, again, like um, the good effect is um, the, the re like, that she doesn't have cancer anymore is the result of removing the cancerous uterus. It's not the result of killing the baby. Oh, so it's like not the ends justify the means. Yeah. It's like the opposite. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so you can do a good even if there's an evil side effect because it, you're doing something to bring about a good it just happens to have an evil side effect. Although the evil side effect, what well, can't be, uh, can't outweigh the, the good, right, that's being done. Um, and so, yeah, so in this case, it's not, um, the desire is to be cancer-free, and that's coming from removing the cancerous uterus, not from killing the baby. Um, and so, um, now, just because you can doesn't mean that you have to, you know, um, you do have the, people have the option to be heroic too, and like, you know, uh, St. Gianna uh, Mola, uh, she was an Italian pediatrician, and she did, she had cancer of the uterus, um, and uh, she told the doctors that she wasn't going to abort, um, she wasn't going to have a, her uterus, you know, surgically removed. Um, and so she brought her child to term, um, and she, she did end up, um, dying, uh, and so, um, Gianna, um, her daughter actually got to be at, in Rome for her mother's canonization, um, by St. Pope John Paul II, so, um, not many people can say that their mother is a recognized saint of the church. Um, you know, while you're alive. That's, so that's pretty cool. Um, so, um, so, uh, kind of like, uh, Rachel, what you say, so maybe like the opposite example is like a pregnant woman who has a heart attack. So like, carrying the baby is, um, because she has a weak heart, it, it's dangerous for her to carry the child right because uh, the heart is having to like kind of pump for two people or whatever um and so the principle of the effect actually says that the woman can't abort the child in that case because um there's nothing kind of to like surgically remove and so like your direct action is killing the child like aborting the child i mean the good the, the the result or the effect is good in that you want to save the mother's life and like you know help her heart out or whatever but the means is aborting a child directly killing the child and so um so under the principle of double effect that would not be covered um of like you know if a, if a pregnant woman with a heart a weak heart uh, would not be covered under the principle of death effect because you're actually directly aborting the child. Does that kind of make sense? Um, 
So, uh, so this is kind of the vaccine question is uh, principle number f um, five, material cooperation with evil. Uh, so formal cooperation is assisting another's wrongdoing while approving it. Uh, this is always wrong. So like, you know, um, yeah, like a nurse, um, uh, I don't know, like um, buying alcohol for someone who's underage or whatever, right? Like you're, di you're directly participating in their evil, right? Um, uh, so, but the opposite uh, of formal cooperation, uh, so, uh, so formal cooperation is always wrong. Material cooperation is assisting another's wrongdoing without approving it. Uh, this falls under the principle that effect is only allowed under the same four conditions. Um, so, for example, um, a cab driver, formal cooperation, uh, suggests and drives his passenger to a a particular prostitute like so like he's directly aiding um, this person in their sin um, whereas a material cooperation like the cab driver drives his passenger to address of a known prostitute he's merely providing transportation so it's not like he suggested it you know that he's you know um, like go for it like the, um, but, you know, it's his job, like he's driving people to uh, their destinations. And so he's merely providing transportation, which is a good thing, uh, in order to support his family, which is sufficient reason. Um, so that would be, that would be permissible uh, because it's a, a material cooperation, not formal cooperation. Um, so a medical example would be formal cooperation would be an abortion doctor, like they're directly performing the abortions. Um, uh, material cooperation would be uh, a nurse who cleans surgical instruments as part of a job, some of which may be used for an abortion. So that would be a material cooperation. Or like you can talk about like, um, uh, separation from, uh, from evil, and so like obviously even further separation from evil would be like a janitor who cleans the hospital, like uh, or where they do abortions, and so like he's just cleaning the room. He's not doing anything about the abortions. Now, if the nurse or the the janitor can get a job you know, somewhere else, like, you know, maybe they should, and still support their family, maybe they should consider it, but like, it's not a sin for them to to do their job, because they're not directly involved in the, the abortion. Does that make sense? Um, and so, the church has said that, um, that uh, a lot of the, um, what do they call it, cell lines are from the 70s, and you know um, they were obtained from embryonic or em embryos, um, and so that have since been destroyed. Um, and so a human life, a human soul, um, the the life was snuffed out. And so the church is saying that there's enough separation from the evil that it's a it's a material cooperation, not a formal cooperation. Um, they did say uh, that John, I believe it's Johnson and Johnson. So like the Pfizer and Moderna, the um, the cell, the the fetal cell lines or whatever were used in the testing, but not the production of the vaccine. Whereas the Johnson Johnson, um, the the what you call it the fetal cell lines. The embryonic cell lines are used um, in the production as well, not just the testing, but the the production. And so the church has said that if you can to get the the Pfizer and the Moderna, because the degrees of separation from evil is greater than the Johnson and Johnson. Um, 
And so, uh, basically what they're saying is that, you know, those cell lines were created a long time ago. Um, and ideally, you know, we wouldn't cooperate with evil at all. Um, but the, the church is saying there's enough separation that at this point it's a material um, cooperation rather than a formal cooperation. Is that um, okay, um, uh, principle uh, six, uh, principle of totality. Um, this one I think is pretty uh, in some ways straightforward. For the sake of our overall health, we can mutilate, modify, or remove an organ or a body part. So we can remove a cancer's hand to preserve the rest of the body. Um, so usually, you know, cutting off your hand is, like, not a good thing. Um, but, uh, in this case, like, it's to preserve the whole. So you can mutilate a part, uh, for the, um, for the good of the whole. Um, so this can, uh, be wrongly used to justify sterilization procedures. Therapeutic uh, sterilization, such as removing diseased ovaries or um, uh, testes, would be covered um, under the principle of totality. Um, however, like contraceptive steril sterilization for the attention of destroying uh, sterility is not covered. Um, like, unfortunately, I've had uh, couples who, um, I don't know how to put it lightly, like, um, the husband has a, an enormous sex drive and in some ways is kind of using his wife, you know, for pleasure. And so, um, you know, uh, whether medically or um, just like the number of children or whatever, um, you know, the solution is to uh, get, you know, one or both of them sterilized. Um, and the church says that, that that type of mutilization is not uh, a moral thing to do. The moral thing to do is to grow up and, you know, and to learn how to love your spouse uh, the correct way. Um, so, um, uh, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, it can be wrongly used to justify uh, sterilization procedures. Uh, principle uh, seven, um, uh, choosing the lesser of two evils. Um, so when faced with two or more unavoidable evils, must choose the lesser one. Um, the example in the book again is, you know, if you're in a point that's gonna crash um, and you have to choose between a home um, and or a school, obviously you would choose the home. And so, um, obviously, if you can land in an open field, you know, where no one would get injured, you know, other than the people in the plane, maybe, um, then you should do that. But if, like, you're down, in some ways it's not the best example, but, like, if you're in a situation where you end up having to choose two evils, obviously choose the, the evil that's less evil. Um, uh, so our will or our desire or intent is not an either outcome, right? We don't desire that the, you know, there's no desire that the plane hit a school or a, or a home. Like, neither is our desire, but, it, you know, something's going to have to happen, right? The plane has to crash at this point. Um, and so you're simply choosing between two or more unavoidable evils. Um, because our will is not, or an intent is not in either action, there is no moral evil, even though there is a physical evil. Obviously, people die, and that's a physical evil. Uh, but a moral evil hasn't happened. Um, so, um, it can be wrongly applied to a woman who has an abortion to save her life. Um, killing the baby is intentional and avoidable. Um, and so, um, you know, so there may be some sense of like, 
you know, uh, wanting to save the mother's life. Um, maybe she has other children, and like there's the good, like, you know, that the all these children would be without a mother. But uh, again, we can't do an evil to bring about a good, and so we can't abort the child um, just for the good of like making sure that the mother lives. Um, you know, and there's always a chance of a, that a miracle could happen and that both survive. Um, uh, so the last principle um, is um, minimizing a greater evil. And so, um, like a Catholic politician can um, approve legislation for, um, you know, I don't know, like banning abortion after the, the second trimester trimester and so obviously all abortion is bad but the you know he the politician realizes that he's not going to get you know a total ban on abortion passed you know in this session and so the bill before this session I mean I'm talking hypothetically not what's actually going on uh, in Congress I don't know exactly what's going on in Congress right now um, they're all upset about the law in Texas I know that um, but um, but like a politician could, a Catholic politician could support like a ban just on the last trimester. It's not, you know, a total ban on abortion, which is the ideal, but he can say yes to something that's not totally good or absolutely good because it's a step in the right direction. Um, so it's minimizing the greatest evil, which is open-ended abortion. It's minimizing that. It's still not getting rid of the evil altogether, though. Um, uh, some people uh, wrongly uh, use this to justify, like, using a condom in sexually active people uh, to avoid the transmission of AIDS. Maybe they know that one of the partners even has AIDS. Um, and so, like, the merciful thing to do would be to use a condom, um, you know, and not um, transmit the STD um, but the church is always is going to hold up the idea like the proper approach is to counsel abstinence like not to enter into um, like you hear this a, a lot like um, in Africa like you know um, at least in the 80s uh, AIDS was rampant um, in, in Africa and they're like, they're going to do it anyways. And so, you know, we need to give them condoms, we, um, you know, to stop the spread of AIDS. Um, and the church has always held up the idea of like, no, we need to teach them absence. We need to teach them um, that women are not objects, you know, that um, you can't just disregard people, discard people. Um, and so... Um, people say, well, that's unrealistic, you know, this has been going on for generations. Uh, but the church has always said, like, no, we need to counsel abstinence in those cases. People say that about kids in high school, right? Like, you know, passing out condoms in high school, like, they're going to do it anyways. Like, you know, we need to um, hand out condoms. But the church has always said, no, like, no, we need to, to teach them the ideal. Um, so, um Actually, that went way quicker than I thought. Um, but uh, any questions? Um, so, um, and I can, um, I don't know, somehow make this available somehow, my notes. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot in each one of these, like, yeah. Yeah. I was I listened to this podcast about this like um, so I think it was in like communist China or a country where they were arresting Christians. Yeah. And they had like a bunch of Christians and they and a priest and they were like torturing the Christians and they said to the priest like if you stand on this picture of Jesus then we'll stop torturing the Christians and this priest was like well like I don't want to like disrespect Jesus by standing on his face on the ground, but then he was also like, well, I don't want to, like, well, Jesus came to the earth to be, like, you know, rejected, like, that's why he came, like, that's what he did on the cross, 
So essentially, I'm not like doing anything wrong by like like standing on his face, and like it was kind of the whole moral principle of the thing. And the priest who's giving the um, podcast said like it's never okay to do that. So like this priest was wrong. But I was just wondering like is there like a Catholic moral principle on like something like that? Um. Yeah, I'd have to think about like how it fits into um, into these eight principles. But I would agree with the priest on the podcast. Like, so the intention, like, even if you don't like, oh, it's just like a picture of Jesus. Like, you know, um, I mean, it's a picture. It's like it's not the Eucharist. It's not like I don't know Jesus himself or whatever. Like, it's just a picture. But the but the intent, or at least, and the intent of like what do you call it, the hostage, like the con, what was it, country or like? I, I don't remember what country it was. It was like but the intention of the bad guys <laughs> is like they want the priest in some ways to uh, um. Desecrate is too strong a word, but like to disregard Jesus, um, and so even though it's just a picture, the intent or the meaning of the action is to somehow like you know desecrate Jesus or to disregard Jesus. There's a right word, and I'm not thinking of it. Yeah. 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 No, and that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is that uh, because even though it may appear like an innocent action, like you know, it's kind of like using the God God's name in vain. It's not like God is injured by us using His name in vain, but it's still a, a sinful action. Like we mean ill by doing it. And by stepping on a picture, it's not like God is injured, but like it's still kind of a, a malicious intent on our part. And so, yeah, like um, Tessa said, like that, so we should do that for our own good. Like, you know, that's an immoral action. And again, yeah, the, the, the bad guys can do whatever they want from that. And that's, so that's on our soul whether we do that or not. And that's on, the bad people so whether they torture the other Christians or not. Um, there's um, uh, there's a movie that I know I've threatened to do a movie night here before. It's called For Greater Glory. Um, and uh, gosh, I'm forgetting his name, but he's a boy from Mexico. Um, and uh, they were torturing the uh, Catholics in Mexico I think the early 20th century. Um, well, I can't think of his name, but. Is it Marco? I want to say. Marco. Yeah. But it's just like, but that was the same thing. They're like, all I have to say, all you have to do is deny Jesus and we'll let you go. You know, just deny Jesus. And his dad is even like, just say it. Like, you don't have to mean it. Just say it and you can come home. He's like, no, I can't do it. You know? Um, and so, uh, so it's in some ways the same kind of thing. Like you know, um, yeah, the, we have to stand up for Jesus. We have to stand up, you know, for what is right. You know, and you know, if people are going to react to it a certain way, that's it's always up to them. Um, no, but that's a good question. Uh, any other good questions? So maybe we should maybe we should do a movie night. At that. So, get some popcorn going. So, I have told Andrew. What? I'm the only one who knows how to work it. Andrew doesn't even know how to work the machine. Oh. So. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Any other good questions? And like, it's hard sometimes to think of examples 
but like if you think of any like just fire me a text or an email um, because sometimes the, these come more alive when you think of like examples or things that you, maybe you or your friends have even come up against um, you know because like I really I really think like the, the going principle right now like even kind of like even if they couldn't name it is this whole idea of like doing the greatest good for the greatest number of people like I don't want to harm people right like you know you do you you know I'll do me like no harm no foul right like you know um, you know like I don't want to tell them what is right and wrong I don't want to upset them I don't want to harm them um, type of thing and so like you know what is the greatest good for the great what or the greatest number of people. What makes the greatest number of people happy, right? I don't want to upset them, right? You know, how dare we tell, you know, um, gay people who are in, um, you know, in, a, in an active, you know, gay relationship, you know, a sexual relationship, that what they're doing is wrong. You know, like, we want them just to be happy, you know. Uh, we shouldn't tell them that what they're doing is wrong. Um, and just to clarify, the Catholic Church doesn't believe that the orientation is a sin. Um, it's just like, once you say that uh, marriage is between one man and one woman, and that sex should be reserved for marriage, that kind of the, like the rest of the truths kind of fall out of that. Like, it's wrong to live together and to have a, a heterosexual relationship, sexual relationship before marriage. Know, just as much as it is to have a homosexual sexual relationship outside of marriage um, and so um, and so yeah so once you say that the church uh, that marriage is reserved for one man and one woman and that sex belongs inside of marriage the kind of the rest of it falls out yes um, I have a question. Um, yeah After, I'm sorry, what? After if they, they've had a kid, like, so, like, say it's two women, and then, like, teaching them education on, like, how to be parents to this kid, like, yeah. so, like, say I was in this position, like, yeah. would that be something I would have to separate away from? Like, I don't know how to do this. So, um, so, sometimes, you know, um, the, the honest answer is sometimes, like, the, um, the, the separation between formal and material isn't always as clear as we would like it to be. Um, and if I understand your question correctly, um, like giving uh, same-sex couple couple like what, like baby advice or like yeah maternity advice, like um, I would say it's pretty. Um, material like you're not you didn't um, I don't know what you call it I don't even know my terminology my medical term. you didn't create the test to baby however you say that for real like um, yeah I mean you didn't do the process itself um, and you know yes we believe that children should ideally grow up with a father and a mother but I would say you know, it's not the most ideal situation, but I think at that point, like, just, like, for the baby's sake, like, this is how you take care of your child. Um, so, you know, yeah, again, like, can I, can I opt out, or, like, can I get a different job where I don't have to do this? Um, a lot of times not, you know, um, but, you know, um, I mean, people are, you know, walking out of their jobs, you know, over the, the vaccine and um, other things, and you know, but um, but yeah, you know, there's the material, there's the formal, but like you know, sometimes maybe God is calling you even to walk away, even though it's a material cooperation. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about like the like the cab driver one example. And like, I mean, I haven't done that. 
But like, there's like certain like parts, like things that I got done that like, you know, in the moment it seems like a good thing. Like say for example, like, um, you know, like sober cabbing somebody to like a bar when you know they're, they're gonna get drunk. And it's like, everyone's like, thinks you're the great guy, but it's like, you're just, I guess, leading them to like that sin. So say that again, like you got a cab. Or so like, so say like, buddies asking like, hey, can you drive uh, us to the bar? Yeah. Tonight? And like knowing that they're gonna drink a lot and get drunk. Yeah. So like, that's I mean, is that's pretty much like the same thing, right? Is like the, the cooperation. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I mean, I've done dumb things like that, too, uh, in my previous life um, that we don't need to talk about. But, yeah, like, you know, um, you know, like the, the getaway driver or whatever in a bank heist, right? Like, I mean, even the legal system would still put him in jail or, you know, give him, you know, jail time because they recognize that, no, he wasn't in the bank, like, stealing the money, but he was, you know, a part of the, the operation. And so he, too, may not get as long of a sentence as the people that were in the bank, but he's, he's still given, you know, um, he's, yeah, he's still arrested and uh, convicted. Um, I would, I would say, um, no, I mean, I mean, it depends, like, what, if you said, like, uh, you know, when you go to the bars, I'll pick you up at 11, right? Um, but, like, if you're, like, your friend calls you, and they've already done the deed, right, they're already wasted, and you're like, you know, can you come pick me up? having you pick them up is better than a lot of other options at that point. Them driving themselves home. Oh. Um, like, you didn't facilitate them getting drunk. I mean, it's not like you told them before they left, like, when you, you know, get plastered tonight because I'll pick you up, you know. Um, but at that point, it's already happened, and you picking them up is better than, you know, any of the other options that, you know, they could choose from. So, um, and some of it, you know, is like, is reasonable, right? Like, the guy gave us reason, and so how do we use our reason, you know? Um, and so, it's just sometimes our reason gets clouded, like we talked about before, and so th these principles can kind of help us do some of that cloudiness. Um, so, hopefully the last class will talk about, like, actual things like IVF, abortion, like even just war theory, like you use the principle of double effect to um, uh, to some degree to um, allow for warfare of, of some sort. Um, uh, and so hopefully we'll be able to get to that in the last class. So, yes? What about using something like this in self-defense? In self-defense? Yeah, like some dude was trying to, you know, <laughs> um, yes. So, um, just, just war theory would say that you can defend yourself, um, to, to uh, I forget how it's worded, but kind of like to the degree that you, that you need to. I'm not saying that very well, but like, obviously, to defend yourself, I don't know what you would do with that, to stab him, like, to the point where, like, he stops, like, so that he could no longer harm you, right? Um, so, like, um, how would they put, like, how do they put, like, unnecessary force, like, using an anti, or uh, using a, an automatic weapon, on someone who's, you know, attacking you in the night might be overkill, right? Like, the point is to, like, to stop his attack, not to, like, blow him into a, a thousand pieces. 
Vậy <laughs> Does that kind of make sense? So, so yes, like, and just war theory says that you can never be the attacker. You can only be the defender. And so, like, um, like it, you can pick it apart a million ways. But like, after nine eleven, the church actually approved of the U.S. going into Iraq. Um, because at that time it was believed that you know they were developing weapons of mass destruction and so it was not even though it was kind of an offensive thing it was seen as a defensive thing like we're going to go and you know um, diffuse the ability to deploy weapons of mass destruction before they actually do so it's still seen as kind of a defensive thing Whereas um, the church did not approve of the U.S. going into Afghanistan because that was seen as an offensive thing and not as a defensive thing. Um, and, you know, you can pick those things apart a lot more uh, with a lot more fine-tooth comb, but, um, but broadly speaking, that's what the church says, that because uh, the invasion into Iraq was still seen as kind of we're on the defense. Um, the, it was actually the the church approved it under the just war theory, uh, which is just war theory is just kind of a, a special case of the principle of double effect. So the short answer is yes, you can use it, <laughs> but just don't stab the guy twenty two times. <laughs> Because he will probably have stopped his attack long before that. <laughs> um, any other good questions? Okay. Thank you, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you.